Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Monday Distillery. Monday Distillery is a new age beverage company revolutionising the way we look at having a night out with friends. They make sophisticated, non-alcoholic beverages that are sugar-free and full of social graces. Now you can enjoy a good time, love what you drink and love yourself the next day too. Stay high in spirits, keep a clear mind. Cheers to Monday. Are you sick of feeling controlled by alcohol? Do you want to drink less? Do you wake up on a Sunday morning feeling really anxious and full of regret? I'm Danny Carr and welcome to my podcast, How I Quit Alcohol. Hello and welcome back to How I Quit Alcohol. Today in the Zoom room, I'm super excited to have my beautiful, beautiful friend, Beck Prosser, all the way from Torquay. Hey, Beck. Hi, Danny. How's it going down there? Yes, it's a beautiful summer's day, actually. Nice uh, nice breeze and plenty of sunshine. It's a joyful Sunday. <laughs> That's nice. I'm sweating like a pig up here in the Northern <laughs> Rivers. <laughs> I've actually got sweat going down my boobs. It's quite gross. <laughs> Always an oversharer. It's not um, that hot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so thank you so much for coming on today to share your story. So you've been alcohol-free for how long now? Uh, just over 12 months, actually, um, probably since the tennis uh, last year. Yeah, the tennis Fantastic. in 2020. Uh, amazing. So could you just um, tell the listeners a little bit about your story with alcohol and your journey with it and what led you to deciding to give it up? Yeah, I mean, I guess as a young girl, alcohol was the way we gathered, you know, in community when you had a party, we all bought something. And growing up in a rural community, there there was always, you know, um, plenty of parties and our outlet was to to, to bring a drink and party. Uh, so I think I started drinking when I was 14, um, mm. much to my mother's dismay, <laughs> um, but it was very much the normal. So even though there was mother-daughter conflict about my misuse of, you know, alcohol that I shouldn't have been drinking, wasn't legally allowed to drink, we just did it. That, that was what we did. Um, so it, it became normalised for me 
real early. And, you know, Christmas and Easter and you go to a restaurant and you go out with families. Mom and dad are always drinking beer and wine and my dad was a viticulturalist and there was he, he grew wine. So alcohol is a very normal part of my life. Um, but I can't say that I ever um, enjoyed being present with the people I love um, when they would drink too much alcohol. As a little girl, I actually um, recall being quite fearful of the adults around me when they were drinking. Oh, why? Why was that? Well, I just saw characters, um, energies, uh, manifestations of behaviours that made me feel unsafe mm. and um, they were unpredictable and there was some violence never projected towards me but with, with the blokes at footy club and, um, yeah, it, it was alcohol. I connected with being scared. Um, and, and, and unsure of what these people were going to do and say. And there were significant, you know, people in my life, um, male role models in particular. Um, yeah, so, and then, you know, go to uni. Uh, I was an elite athlete and then went to uni and discovered oh, all sorts of methods of consuming copious amounts of alcohol. It was a huge, you know, the O-week kind of debauchery and vomiting and, drinking to your drops also normalized um and I guess it just became culturally conditioned that that's what you do on weekends and when you want to go and have a great time this is you consume copious amounts of alcohol yeah um yeah it's so unfortunate isn't it that it's just part of our culture it's the Australian way to get as you know fucked up as possible on the weekend and it's a badge of honor for so many people when you're younger, um, last week I'm doing a running a three-week challenge at the moment and Scott Owen, the bass player of The Living End, came in and just gave some morale, morale to the people in the group and he made this great comment that he doesn't feel like he, he doesn't want to toe the line anymore to something that he decided to do in his teens and 20s, you know, to be this fucked up human that was always consuming heaps of alcohol. Why the hell he was still doing that in his 40s, you know, and he was just like, that was part of it for him to just realising I'm not a 20-year-old anymore, that stepping into adulthood, not being as fucked up as humanly possible, you know. it's In some ways to, to you know, having had moments of, of, of abstaining from alcohol in the past, but the 12 months that I've just done has been the longest stint and it was quite a revelation to actually say out loud, oh, I've never done 12 months alcohol-free since I was 14. And, you know, at 42, it's like, whoa, okay, this really is, normal yeah. <laughs> and yet now I'm the abnormal one because it, it is just just what Aussies do they get together and have a beer and have a laugh and a sing and a dance and have a meal it, 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 it's part of everyday life yeah it's how we uh it's how we do everything really isn't it it's how we mark an occasion it's how we celebrate it's how we commiserate it's everywhere it's how we do sport it's how we watch sport you know it's just absolutely everywhere so it is really quite an awakening isn't it to discover yourself without the alcohol is is quite huge absolutely did it kind of gradually grow on itself the consumption were you getting to the point of blackout and things like that did it heaps yeah that that weekends especially through the uni days and in the early 20s it was just pour as much down your throat as you could and get up and do it again next weekend 
that seemed to be how we connected and how we engaged, um, reaching for some sort of high, some ecstatic state that was, yeah, completely toxic, like uh, the vomiting, the purging, um, the the mornings of headaches and self-loathing, a lot of self-deprecating thoughts on the day after, Mm. you know, um, reckless sexual endeavors going what the hell and who the hell is, is that you know if I'm going to be completely honest mm. I felt like you know I, I drank so I could be, feel sexually um, open I guess mm. and free I, I was quite timid and and frigid sexually I think straight and so alcohol was a lubricant of all sorts you know mm. Um, mm. You, to, to, for the negative yeah it was it was something I used with reckless abandon mm. and actually feel that it was a an opportunity for me to suppress and forget all of my anxieties and all of my fears and all of my difficulties connecting socially alcohol just took all that away because <laughs> I didn't give a fuck anymore I could just be yeah. wild and free and unscrupulous and and fun and you know the life of the party and then fall into an absolute shithole, depressive hole the next day, the, the hatred, the resentment, the all the stuff that followed a, a binge was was just heinous. I, I, I'm almost feel embarrassed that we spend that long doing that to ourselves, punishing ourselves. Yeah. And I guess that's what it was really. It, it was a, um, a process of... Um, self-flagellation of punishing and and really not being the true essence of myself yeah and it's funny how we defend alcohol so rigorously that it's like it's my friend it's my reward it's my everything I can't live without it yet it makes you feel all those feels that are just shocking like if you said to me, I've got this friend, Danny, I've got this friend, her name's Sally, and Sally makes me wake up at 2am sweating profusely, making me feel like I want to vomit, hating myself, questioning my everything, ruining my self-esteem, I'd be like, what the fuck are you still hanging out with Sally for? Like, Sally needs to go. <laughs> but yet we still hang on to Sally like she's this precious little friend that it's just not. And it's such... It's such a great realisation when you can see alcohol for what it is yeah, and you can it, see it causes all this grief. Yeah. Yeah, it's full on. Today in our Zoom coaching call for the, the group, the challenge group, I had them write, it's called a freedom list and it's all the ways that they feel now they've been a month sober. I'm so proud of them. They're, they're just killing it. But writing a list of all the ways that you feel now a month later or how you're going to feel at the end of this challenge or you know how you want to feel from not drinking and it's just so empowering to read out those words those words of affirmation of you know oh the words are just incredible every, that everyone came up with and yeah and you think um, would you ever go back to the and I call it the shit list the way our comics feel would you go back to the shit list would you trade it would you trade this freedom list for the shit list no and way. Get, yeah, and a lot of them are just getting to that point now where it's like, no way, like you see their light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, and, and you know, you brought me back to um, alcohol, the Maya, in, in yogi terms. This, it's an illusion, right? It's an illusion of comfort and, and this mm. is okay and everything's fine. And when, once you start to lift the veil, the illusion, the Maya, the, the mind becomes so much clearer. So when you, 
ask about, you know, what is sobriety and what are those words? Sobriety for me is just clarity and yeah. and, and empowerment and yes. freedom and self-respect. Yes. <laughs> so much more self, self-love and self-respect that I knew existed, but from 14 things went all over the place up until 42. Mm. So that's a long journey of you know being shrouded in 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 the illusion and once you lift the eyes the 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 amount of love and and compassion and and connection to the sacred aspects of myself the Mm. the unharmed the 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 pure um essence Mm. of myself you know without sounding too esoterical no I love it it, go for it. it you know it, you can go for it with me <laughs> it is it is it is like returning to wholeness without yeah. all of the the poison and and the destruction and and the the demons that come in their armies that, that alcohol and 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 illicit drugs have um brought to to my mind and to my relationships you know there's just no destruction <laughs> it's yeah mm. life's kind of still like this there's been a shit ton of adversity over the last 12 months for everyone globally you know and we had one of the most traumatic episodes of our lives with my husband being so unwell but that was a catalyst to more clarity more be centered be grounded and alcohol just doesn't get a seat at the table anymore <laughs> I love that and um this is one thing we talked about before we started this chat but the way you coped with ash your husband his illness that just happened out of the blue was just like whoa what the fuck when that happened it was quite shocking and very very traumatic for you and and the boys but how you handled that with so much grace and you didn't go to alcohol you did not use that as an excuse to go you know fuck this i'm abandoning myself (laughs) i'm going back just like kudos to you i just think that's so awesome and I love how you said and this is one thing I'd really love to share with everyone that's listening is that when the big stuff happens don't go to alcohol because you need your clarity don't you you need your wits about you yeah and for me you know what I mentioned earlier in our chat and and alcohol for me has always as as, as a girl and and a woman um it, it was those feelings of unsafety so mm. I felt unsafe in the, in the presence of alcohol and what it was doing to people and others, and yet I would drink it to try and suppress those feelings. <laughs> it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. Um, so now abstaining for me has been easy but um, a mindful practice that both my husband and I have what I want to say, excommunicated from from our health and wellbeing plan, that it just doesn't fit in 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 when you're pursuing wholeness and healing and, and wellness. Alcohol just doesn't fit in that sphere for us. And and I know it does for other people. And that's cool. You know, I don't want to be the judgy, you know, abandon everyone that drinks alcohol either, because I, I, I don't I don't want to play judge. But um, it just doesn't fit in our health, our health and wellness plan. It, it, it was a no-brainer, to be honest. 
Yeah, I don't think it fits in anyone's health wellness plan, to be honest. But people will convince you that it does, and that's what alcohol can do, you know, more illusions, more my, oh, yeah, but if I just have one, oh, a glass of red by the fire, you know, there's all those justifications that come forward, doesn't it, really? I know. I guess, I mean, for some people, but usually these people wouldn't listen to this podcast, but there are other people that can have the one glass of wine by the fire and, and that's fine, but they totally suck and don't deserve to listen to this podcast anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Who are those people anyway? Yeah, Honestly. Those, those measured, you know, controlling types. <laughs> those smug, bloody people. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Beck, no. how did you, um, what got you, then what was the catalyst then, I guess, to you going, okay, that's it, enough's enough, I'm pulling up here, I'm stopping. Was there a big night? Was there an event? Yeah, so obviously I was inspired by um, you and Ash and, Hmm. you know, I admire both the work that you do creatively and for the people. So that was sort of message number one. And then, um, I don't know, something came into the field. Uh, I'd had a few big nights and, you know, felt awful. And then the tennis, the Australian Open, we went to see um, Grinspoon and Eskimo Joe. And I had committed to not drinking because, um, you know, I just didn't feel like it, knowing that I was going with two friends who were big drinkers and it was hot. And, you know, I've been um, abused and and alcohol has been around in the past, you know, in pubs and whatever. Um, Men do crazy things and so do women um, when alcohol is present. And I didn't want to drink this day. And it was hot, so I had three drinks. And then a guy came up to me later and fully just hand on the ass, grabbed me towards him, doing things to me that I didn't want to happen. And, you know, oh, I'm just really, you know, sorry about that. That's my friend. He's just really drunk. You know, it was it was awful. It was just something that we should never have to put up with. You know, I, I didn't know who this human was. It was It was awful. And after that, I was really angry. I saw my um, friends continue to drink, so I just stopped. And they kind of, you know, the night went on and I watched them deteriorate and deteriorate and deteriorate. And I, I, I saw them as really unsightly, ugly humans. Mm. I woke up that next morning and thought, nah, I'm done. And then four days later, my husband collapsed at work and he hasn't been back to work since. And he has a, a brain injury and a severe PTSD. And we went through hell um, in the first month of 2020 and all of 2020. So the catalyst was multiple um, episodes of trauma in a really short space of time. Plus, I think what I had observed historically in, in my life. And I just thought, no. Nah, I'm done. This is it. I don't have a relationship with alcohol anymore. We are officially broken up. (laughs) And when I leave a relationship, I leave. (laughs) (laughs) There ain't no coming back. Mm. So, yeah, it it was for me, um, you know, Ash had to stay off the alcohol, my husband Ash, and because of medication and things. So I decided to be his accountability buddy. That six months later, we were like, he came off those meds. He didn't need them anymore. And we were like, let's just keep going on this journey. He, he has, he's got all these neuro symptoms. And so we don't need to be pouring in toxins in, into our bodies or our brains when our brain health was seriously compromised. 
you know, my my higher order thinking, my higher consciousness mind just said, not playing here anymore. This is this is this is it. And I feel really empowered and you know, enlightened and I feel proud because it was a relationship that was long-term negativity and long-term toxicity to lots of areas of my life. So, yeah, that, that was the catalyst, a shit ton of trauma and huge awakenings. Yeah, um, wow. And traversing the valley of death too. You know, my husband got to the point where he, he didn't want to be here anymore and, and I've been in those states not wanting to wake up after a big night and, hmm. you know, suicide ideation and all those sorts of things that come with overconsumption of alcohol, depressive thoughts, more anxiety. We just don't have any time in our life for, for that anymore. So <laughs> alcohol is, see you later, pal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. See you never. <laughs> <laughs> I guess for you too, like for you and Ash, a lot of people want to go on a wellness journey because they want to. I mean, you guys sort of had to, or he had to when you, being the amazing human that you are, showed up for him as well and, you know, we were, were right there by his side. into it. We just went, bang, yeah. here, have that. So for me it was just being super mindful and super conscious of the thoughts, the practices, the behaviours, everything that comes with and and alcohol doesn't tick any boxes of of well-being and connectedness and empowerment and self-love it it doesn't no (laughs) so logically it it was it was easy but um I understand that it can be difficult I have tried to do long periods without alcohol before I think the most I've done was three months and then suffered from that alienation you know my my I felt like I'm one of those all in or all out types. And then that comes, you know, the isolation of not being a drinker and not wanting to be around alcohol and things. Um, I think I've done my own level of alienation. <laughs> yeah. I, we discussed this a bit before we started, but I know that you've felt, and I, we all do to a degree, have a certain amount of, unless you've got a very, I guess, older maybe friendship group or very solid friendship group but for those friendships that are based around alcohol there can be a lot of alienation I went through that you went through that and I I say to everybody don't worry you'll find your tribe they'll come they might not come straight away and you might have light nights of loneliness a few lonely weekends but that's okay too because that's time to get to know yourself when we've spent decades smashing ourselves and escaping from ourselves. It's okay to sit and be quiet and still and enjoy, learn to enjoy your own company until your tribe comes. Oh, Did your tribe they, come? oh absolutely. And I, I have a, I'm a multidimensional sort of friend, you know, little pods here and there. And so what happened is, is, you know, I shifted away from the party scene who these people I'm still friends with. I just don't spend the amount of time with them that I used to because it always involves alcohol and, and partying and late nights and feeling like crap the next day. So I haven't abandoned those friendships. Um, they just, I just don't spend as much time with them. But what happened is this, this other surfing, you know, sunrise surfing addicts, <laughs> mm. which I'm one of, um, that, that just blossomed. So I have alcohol-free friends. Um, and so now I'm spending more time and probably was mentored by one of them um in in making that initial decision um you know when everything went to shit after ash got sick i it it was she was sort of assisting my 
my development there as, as a good friend and so other other worlds have opened. So you're right, you do find your alcohol-free tribe and they are far, for me, it, it feels safer, it feels more soulful. Yeah. It definitely feels like higher vibe. But we're operating in a, a higher resonance, a, a greater frequency of, of, of connection. That, that's oh. what the alcohol-free tribe is. Like you and, and Ash, just so much more centering and, and grounding mm. and acceptance, self-acceptance. Yeah, absolutely. I totally feel the same that the friends that I've made or friends that I've maybe before hadn't given so much time to because I thought that they were boring, whatever, because they didn't drink. They're some of my closest friends now. And like you say, their friendships, it's just so different. It's so solid and it's more meaningful. And when it's not based around alcohol, I'm like, sure, look, there's friends that we drank a lot and still friends with and I know they'd probably do a lot for me but my the new tribe the sober not even sober but even some friends that just don't drink much you know I just feel so safe in those friendships because it's not based around gossip and the same old story you know all that kind of stuff and I really just value those friendships so much they're more they're more authentic and I feel that those friendships are more multi-dimensional you know when we when we talk about for me, when, when alcohol is involved, there's only a certain uh, space you can go to and it's not real. It's all that illusionary space, you know. Um, but I feel the um, relationships you have with, with people who are purifying and continually going through that purification process, I mean, it's never ending, right? Yeah. You know, there are toxins in our environment and the foods we eat and, yes, alcohol is a huge toxin, but, you know, relationships are the same. So it's like purifying the the gold the, the diamonds even mining mining the jewels in the dark that comes with making big changes like abandoning alcohol it, it's not all you know light and awesome is it it's there's a lot you have to um show up and and greet <laughs> lovingly yeah. <laughs> all yeah, of those um <laughs> what i call fractionated parts of yourself that aren't, aren't the healthiest parts of yourself and they do come up like so I often say this to people that I work with that stuff will come up like it's not all farting rainbows and chasing unicorns like it's stuff comes up like some really uncomfortable stuff because your subconscious will start to throw things up at you it's like your subconscious thinks oh you can handle this now you're good and you'll just something will like whoa come out left of center but it's okay sorry mm. to sit there and feel those feelings and take it in and then acknowledge it and just surrender and then send it on its way. It doesn't have to be this big thing, you know, and drinking, of course, everyone knows that you drink to hide from those kind of things and they're going to come bite you in the ass anyway. So best let's just deal with them and move yeah. on. Yeah. And you, and you drink, I also feel, you know, my party girl is, is dead and I'm really cool with it <laughs> because yeah. Uh, I know that with that level of escalation of energy, what goes up has to come down no matter no matter what you're doing. Mm. And and I, I love my sleep. So, yeah. you know, bed and, and, and having a restful night's sleep is, is really critical for my well-being. Mm. And alcohol, I mean, I would never sleep. Even, even when you pass out, you only sleep on top of your sleep kind of thing. Yeah. And you'd wake up going, oh, you know, it's not just the alcohol, it's the sleep deprivation and, and yeah. the, the filth, the mm. feeling of filth that comes with, with those kind of, you know, um, experiences. So it's kind of like 
you know, sweeping the floor. You've got to clear the filth for um, <laughs> yes. the pathway of of empowerment. Um, yeah. And and that's definitely the overwhelming freedom and empowerment and and safety are probably the the overwhelming um, experiences, despite the ruthless amounts of adversity that everyone got thrown this year, but particularly us. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Not once did I want to turn to to a glass of alcohol. Interesting. I love my herbal tea. You do. I've seen yeah. your herbal tea collection. Very impressive. <laughs> so it, it's like you also need to replace those behaviours. It, mm. It's sort of a, what you want to calm down. All right, I'll have a cup of chamomile tea or some Tulsi. Uh, that, that'll be better for the nervous system than alcohol. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't get the headaches and, and I wake up at, stupid o'clock 5 30 in the morning and greet the sunrise most mornings so i wouldn't have it any other way to be honest it's a pretty special yeah. time of the day oh me too you're like me I early riser love <laughs> yeah. i love it get me up 4 30 i'm into it i just love it i've got such a big morning routine anyway i have to get up in fact i was thinking about going even earlier so i can fit a bit more in before the kids get up but i love it i just well, it's, it's so peaceful there's nobody around and there's oh, just the nature at her most potent time, I feel, just, just before sunrise. It's Isn't pretty, it just pretty epic. magnificent. Yeah, I just I like to get out and if I get down to the beach or, you know, and just be out there with the stars before, you know, the sun comes up. Oh, it's just magical. It's such a special time and God yeah, I wouldn't want to I don't I would not want to miss that now. No, no. And to think that that's when we would have been coming home sometime, you know? <laughs> totally. Oh Rotten. my god. So, <laughs> I mean, obviously getting up early is part of your daily practice, but what have you done to replace the alcohol? I know you surf. I always say that you really need to replace it with something. Don't just sit there. Otherwise, you're kind of white knuckling it. So obviously your spiritual practice is quite intact. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a devoted yogi and a, a spiritual uh, traveller, <laughs> yeah. I suppose. I, I love going within. Um but, you know, the practices for me is about grounding, lots of walking. I train a lot too. Um, physical activity has ramped up. I'm probably the fittest and the strongest and the leanest that I've been at 42 than I have been since I was 14 as well when I played mm. state softball at 15. So I was an elite athlete. 
and then um yeah alcohol and drugs and uh, steady decline into shitsville and coming out of shitsville and into um what i want to say is is grace is 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 a whole suite of practices um that works for me so physical activity a lot of self-care practices meditation mindfulness listening to red podcasts like this you know feeding the brain full of empowering and um practices that that are evidence-based we know they work and and being developing those inner resources so loving all of those self-deprecating thoughts those um wounded parts of myself back together again a lot of self-compassion and that's that's been probably the jewel um of resources to overcome those bad resources alcohol's a resource i mean it's 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 known people use it for all sorts of reasons but it's it's a bad one so Mm. i'm replacing bad resources with good resources and if i don't get it right sometimes and there's a lot of self-forgiveness too you know i know that um I'm, I'm good at doing ab- abstaining um, for, for long periods. Um, but I feel like the party girl and the addict, the addict is channeled somewhat in those healthy uh, realms with the fitness and the surfing. I still seek in that high, um, mm. those endorphins and that serotonin and, and, and dopamine that, that comes with um, exercise and physical activity and, you know, insights from meditation. There's, often big highs in that too Mm. Um, but just cultivating those healthy inner resources rather than the destructive um, expensive toxic resources it's like am I going to take from that jar or am I going to take from that jar (laughs) yeah are we choosing pain or are we choosing empowerment today oh great we're choosing empowerment today awesome so for me it's, it's kind of binary in in many ways it's it's good for you or it's not Oh. Absolutely. I just wish everyone or people that are on the fence or, you know, that if they could just hear that, mm. <laughs> that is so powerful. It's like, what are you going to pick from your shitsville list, your shit list or your freedom list? Life is just, and I say it in nearly every podcast and everyone I speak to, life is infinitely better, infinitely better without alcohol. Oh, I mean, I can't believe we've lasted this long, Penny. For goodness sake, you should have been running this podcast years ago. Where were you all my life? <laughs> I know, damn it. <laughs> but you showed up, which is, hey. which is fantastic. And, you know, they, they, I see connect with spirits and angels and when you receive those messages loud enough and then they're there in the physical form, it's it's like, okay, I'll comply and, and, and do this for, 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 for me and for, for the world, you know, modelling really good things to my adolescent um boys preteen and one adolescent boy that we're alcohol free no more parties here at mum and dad's you know in the summer and holidays all we do is uh, have soda water and <laughs> the odd kombucha and, and herbal tea and those beautiful rose water drinks i've discovered so it can still feel like you're you know simulating the ah, kind of experience yeah. for the brain there's just no toxic residue on the other side yeah, and it's so grounding for the kids too to not have that that really yuck energy that comes with alcohol. I just finished reading this incredible book by Michael A. Singer. Have you ever read The Untethered Soul? No. Oh my god, you you would love that book. But oh, anyway, this is another book. Another book of his is called The Surrender Experiment, which I think came after The Untethered Soul. But 
the mo- he's the most beautiful, beautiful man who basically through meditation decided to just surrender to everything that was presented in his life. So, you know, if he was to hear a message or something that resonated with him, even it, or even if it didn't resonate, resonate with him, he went with it because he thought it's here in my path for a reason. And then the most incredible miracles, like serious actual miracles were showing up in his life. And he's become a, he's a very, like he's a billionaire, very, very successful businessman, which all came out of his surrendering Mm-hmm. from literally it's just the most incredible story sounds fascinating because i've been working a lot with surrender i think i fought on i listened to uh, ram das a lot and adi ashanti and they're very much about utilizing meditation and um, spiritual practices to learn the art of surrender so we actually have no control you know we're, we're only right here in the moment and and during the process of letting go and surrendering it is is where we begin to awaken and then step into alignment. And I have noticed similar things. Um, yes, yeah, same. I'm not a billionaire yet. That's still on my to-do <laughs> oh, yes, list. Yeah, I haven't got that yet. <laughs> but, hey, let's keep trying for that. <laughs> let's keep surrendering and see what happens. But it's very like when the message came to me, to, which was through my beautiful friend Lisa, to quit the booze, it was just like, okay, this is what we're doing, surrendering to this and I'm going to do it. And, you know, it was a little hard at first or whatever and it takes you a while to find your feet in it. I guess in a, in a way, like even before reading this book, there has been a process of surrender with me on this whole journey and it's just, wow, God, the things that have come out of it, you don't know what you're capable of. You don't even know what's around the corner yet until you really step into your truth and yeah, step into the fullness of or wholeness, or should I say, and I feel that that's what um, being alcohol-free enables is that integration of becoming whole, you know, um, in this life. And, and I suppose, actually, it's funny. When I started teaching the students, I mean, I've taught alcohol and drug education to teenagers forever, and... Last year, because I've been alcohol-free, I, I got really passionate about it. And when I really honed in on the stats about how destructive alcohol is as a legal drug, um, it is more destructive relationally and for health, chronic health, than all the other drugs put together. Mm. And and it is one of those um, products that, yeah, we're led to believe is is what we need to, to have a jolly old life here in Australia, to connect, to relate. And yet when you read the stats and, and you look at them, it's it's pretty confronting. Oh, God. It's just such a lie. Like now I'm starting to get to the point where I'm, you know, the more and more I work with people on it and the more people I talk to on the podcast, and there's a great book called Alcohol Lied to Me, and it is. It is an absolute fucking lie mm. and it dumbs us. It makes us, you know, physically disabled, emotionally disabled. It fucks with our brain, our health, our self-esteem. Okay, again, those people that can only, you know, they can do the one or two. When it becomes a problem and when it's really taking over your life and taking control or you're giving over the control of your life to alcohol, then oh, fuck, it's just it's an absolute shit show. And well- to get it's your like power handing back. your life over to the demons, isn't it? Absolutely. Of your mind, really. Yeah. 
And, you know, Australia makes a shit ton of profit out of alcohol taxes. So it's it's a systemic, it's a bigger demon than than anyone sort of would ever stop to consider, I think. And when you become clearer of how um, destructive and, and demonstrative and cruel alcohol can be, um, to, to, to many people, to your brain, to your body, but the community and, and the stats are overwhelmingly clear that it's, it's not a good product. <laughs> no, it's not. We're talking about, you know, one of the most heinous things that's getting around because it's so accessible. Yeah, yeah, and so damaging to so many people. It's pretty intense. So going back to when you first quit, because you know the podcast is how I quit alcohol obviously you had the decision there was you had your leverage there of just like no we need to do this for your husband Ash and and step up for him how did you get through those early triggering times did you stay away from people what did you do socially how did you get through oh look COVID worked in our favor um Mm. by April um we had to do a lot of family healing and we were isolated because that's what we were told we had to do so it, it brought forth um, such potent family bonding. You know, we were whittling out the back by the fire. We were just centering and anchoring into the earth and being super grateful to, to be alive and to be well because Ash's sort of experience was, as I said, literally life and death. You know, we walked the valley of death. <laughs> And we were like, okay, let's get off this path and, and completely redesign our lives. What what was triggering me was was the, the friendship stuff, not being invited to um, hang with my drinking friends. I, I guess that upset me. That made me sad. And I, I think I may have grieved a little over it, but I guess that's what happens when you upgrade and you make different choices that, that aren't of the masses, you know, that... that when, when you're flying, you know, freedom style out, out, out on the wings, you're not in the bell curve. So for me, alcohol, being alcohol free was, was an easeful experience because the awakening that we had was we only have now, let's be the best version of ourselves, you know, individually and collectively. I'm talking about our family and, and alcohol just didn't have space. It was like, yeah, um, we even cleared out. We've still got a little bit of alcohol in the cupboard. I've given away bottles to to, to crew, and yeah, you can have this, you know, da da da. And most people are really grateful to have big bottles of free alcohol given to them. Yeah, I I, I haven't thought twice twice about it to be honest. When I've had those states of emotional distress, and there's been a great many over the last twelve months, probably the most painful ever. Um. But for me, it it just was getting up and breathing and feeling my feet on the ground and that was the best medicine ever, getting in the ocean and looking at the sun. There isn't anything more awe-inspiring than than Mother Nature's medicine and and resting in her loving arms. And so for me, the healer was was God, I have a deep faith, and and Mother Earth, you know, Father Sky. (laughs) I feel Mm. completely held with both those... um, energies um looking after me 
Yeah, God. I so feel that connection too in the morning when I go down and watch the sunrise on the beach. I just feel so held. I love this because you're probably one of the few people I can talk to. Ash <laughs> <laughs> will go, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, but, you know, I do. I feel so held and, and loved and, and in awe. And it's yeah. so important to be in awe every day. It is. Or state sits, you know, have you read any of um, Hawkins's work? Um, Letting Go was a book that I read this year and he talks about the levels of consciousness, the stages no, of consciousness. Mm. I'll fling them over to you. Mm. Um, this one in particular is called Letting Go. So he talks about the, the levelled um, stages of consciousness and or is, is right up here. So you're cultivating all those, not only just healthy neurons, but you're really opening your crown chakra. And that's what happens because you feel connected to that which is you and a part of you, but so much bigger than than just these little humans, you know. Mm. But you can <laughs> be in all... about universal consciousness, you know. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be a massive big sunset. It can be a beautiful flower, it could be an animal that you're watching, a bird outside, your children, your own body, like how awesome is your body, the fact that it just works, what a miracle. And that's life on the other side of alcohol, isn't it? There's more awe-filled states and I'd rather awe than pain and destruction and self-loathing. So it's cultivating that that which you desire really. (laughs) Depends on what you desire, huh? absolutely oh my god yes so much yes so what advice would you give to anyone that's sort of sitting on the fence and just like you know I'm thinking about it or um I would say sit and listen to those parts of yourself that think that they can't or won't or shouldn't leave alcohol aside I feel that those parts need to be heard Mm. and, and understood and embraced um and maybe write I think journaling is really helpful um to perhaps become more aware of those parts of yourself that rely or um choose alcohol as as a as a buddy and and just see what shows up I mean that can be confronting and just remember that um it's a one foot in front of the other and rest kind of experience it's not a marathon it's not a sprint and and that if you know someone takes the step and then falls off the wagon well you just pick yourself up and get back on again you know it's cultivating a lot of compassion and, and forgiveness for self um you know if you're sitting on the fence take the plunge in into the option of having a freedom-filled, enlightened, empowered life that's more more beautiful than you could ever imagine, despite mm. the, the shit that shows up in our lives, in our work, in our family, in our relationships, in, in society. And despite all that, you know, being alcohol-free is, is a space of utmost <laughs> self-love. Mm. And there's just no... No other practice or, or or method that has brought that level of consciousness back to me because we're all born pure. We're all born sacred and, and unharmed. I feel like it's sort of reconnecting to to that as well. Absolutely. Just quickly, because I know um, we've got to probably wrap this up soon, but 
that what you were just saying to just hit a nerve with what I was talking to with my group today in the challenge that once you realize, once you've, you've got your shit list, you know how crappy it is and you know how great it can be without it, or you've got a vision for yourself without the alcohol. I think once you start and you've started that journey, you've started that level of inquiry to go back and then smash yourself with alcohol, which can often happen too. you know, at the start, people fall off, they try and they fall off, but there really is some, and Look, even if you haven't started that line of inquiry, it's to me, if I see someone drinking, I used to think it was just seeing someone in pain, but it's also, I see it now as someone abandoning themselves without even realizing self-rejection to a, you know, to a degree, it's like to be away from yourself. And trying to cope like alcohol is, is a coping strategy. And, and, and I guess to avoid feeling all those um, unpleasant, uncomfortable um super like uh, triggering parts of yourself that they're the ones that need the clarity they're the ones that need soothing you know Mm. yeah I completely agree that that it it really is about honoring those unpleasant uncomfortable parts of yourself that um alcohol suppresses why the self-abandonment I know I know why because I've been there myself so I, I don't mean that in a judgmental way but oh god if only people could see what's on the other side. Because I don't. You know, which is why I do this podcast. <laughs> I, I don't think we're taught that, Danny. Like I'm a teacher and have been in the system for, for quite some time. It's not in our curriculum, although it's getting there with the implementation mm. of, you know, respect relationships and other, um, you know, headspace and safe minds and there's more awareness around cultivating self-care um, earlier. Like I never learned that. Self-care, I wouldn't have heard that word till I had to sit in a psychologist chair at, at like 20, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. It just, it wasn't, there wasn't the language, there wasn't the framework, there wasn't the, the structures and support networks that kind of taught us to 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 practice that, that safety and security and self-care and self-compassion. Like it, it just was an unfamiliar paradigm that abandonment and rejection and destruction and pain was the normal. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully um, people hearing this message today will be able to, it'll open their eyes to that and then they might be able to tap into that a bit more and front up from themselves. And you need cheerleaders. You, know? you need accountability buddies and coaches and cheerleaders going, do it, do it. Do like, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and they're people in your corner because it is a bit of a battle, isn't it? You know, letting go of something that's been important in your life, like alcohol, it can be a bit of a fight. And you gotta glove that's a up. Fight, all right? <laughs> you gotta yeah. glove up and go toe to toe. For sure. Mm. And there's a lot of there is a lot of work. This is what I say with people that I coach and, and work with. It's there is work to be done. It's not you know, but it's good work too. It's stuff like a great gratitude practice. It's about um, cognitive reframing and, and changing the way we think and um, changing our associations with alcohol and our own self-beliefs and things like that. Changing that is, it takes a while yeah. and it's a process that you have, yeah. you know, that you have to go through, but it's a great process and it's a fast tracking process too, because for those people who sort of try and just white knuckle it and get through. That's why um, programs like AA and things like that, whilst I didn't use it, um, it 
it's fantastic because the actual spiritual program that they put people on is actually really amazing. And it's um, evidence-based, you know, they yeah. they have outcomes, you know, evidence shows that, that they work. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You are so amazing and probably one of the most generous, beautiful souls that I know. And we're so, I'm so grateful that our lives crossed paths many years ago when we did a house swap. <laughs> and I just thought from the moment I met you and Ash and your boys, I just thought, wow, this is a special human, a special little family unit. And I'm just so glad you guys got through what you've got through this year and you're, you're just doing such amazing stuff and you're brilliant, amazing, generous, gorgeous people. Oh, so thank you for Dang. being on. <laughs> Humble. Thank you for sharing your story today with everyone and just another part of your generosity. <laughs> and, um, yeah, you are just amazing. So keep on, keep on, keep on going. Thank you. That's their beautiful words. I would like to say ditto right back to you. I see in you what you what you see in me, and that's what we're all here for, aren't we? Really, Absolutely. you know, we're reflecting um, all those beautiful qualities. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Love you, darling. Thank you so much. Love you too. Speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlinBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.